In the early 90s, action movies got a shot in the arm from a slew of ultra-violent, stylish films that changed the game. The Professional was sleek, beautiful, and European, like a BMW of shoot-'em-ups, or should that be a Peugeot? With a lightning-in-a-bottle cast of future Academy Award winners, a quirky soundtrack, and still barely believably gritty New York for a setting, The Professional brought cinema de look to the U.S. It also taught us that the secret to becoming a finely-tuned killer is a regimen of sit-ups, milk, and Bjork in the background while you do your chores. We remember this movie fondly, but wanted to see if it held up after almost 30 years, so we mixed up some Negroni cocktails hoping that old Tony would approve. It's time for episode 44 of Toasting the Classics, The Professional. Welcome, everybody, to Toasting the Classics, episode uh, 44. 44. It's, again. Uh, it's almost like we've done this before. It's almost like we've been here before this and done this deja vu before. all over deja again. Deja vu all over again. That's, That's right. right. Welcome again to Toasting the Classics. My name is Clint Lanier. Dave MacArthur. This is the program where we take a classic piece of creative uh, work. See? You, you call it a classic. Oh, I'm sorry. We're not supposed to call it a classic at the beginning. We're take something. I've, I've, biased, I've biased it already. Right. right? Yeah. This that opening o- is so difficult. That other people call a classic. Right. And then we dissect it. We look at it. We smack treat it up, it, flip it, sma- rub it down. Right. And then we decide, we decide whether it's classic or not because we are the ultimate authorities. Between, and while we're having that discussion. Between us, we have like 100 years of education. That's right. Most of which are not being put to any good use <laughs> other than this. And while we're doing that, we are also imbibing. We will be imbibing. That's right. With, right. uh, with, uh, do you know what the word imbibe actually means? To put a drink in you? It's a French word. It means to soak into. Okay. That's the root. We are imbibing libations, right? Do you know what a libation is? A drink? A libation is a uh, drink poured out as in a sacrifice. Oh, okay. So right. I believe in as Numbers of Deuteronomy says that we are supposed to sacrifice or pour out something like a half a gill or something of wine every day. A gill, right, yeah. To, to God, sure. and like one and a half times on the Sabbath. I have a gill-sized measuring cup in my house for that very purpose. Yeah. Just keep it around. I yeah. know a fish who has two of them. A ton. hey Sorry. Two anyway. gills? Two gills, yeah. Only two. I thought they have like 12 gills. I don't know. Come Something on, like that, that was good. Why, yeah. why are you ruining right. it? Welcome again. Uh, today we are looking at uh, a classic. There's been a tragedy in the Toasting, yeah, there, class, there toasting the Classic family. We That's recorded... Right. A couple of episodes, and I mean not just one, but a couple of multiple episodes. A couple of fantastic, fantastic, episodes. fantastic. Probably the best you've ever heard. Lost to the ages now. Never heard. Lost to the ages due right. to technical malfunction, glitching, yeah. and gremlining. Somebody messed with my equipment. I think yep, is I blame. Is ultimately what happened. But in any case, we're back. Uh, a week later, we've sobered up. It took us five or six days, but we're here, sober, sort of. Yep. And, pretty much. Uh, pretty much. We're ready to discuss As of this moment. one of the all-time, I can't, I can't give it a, no, yeah. I can't give it an adjective. We're going to decide if this movie's any good is what right. we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, it's a film that I remember from, uh, it came out when I was like a teenager and I loved it. Um, and I haven't revisited it in about 20 years. So I wanted to go back and see if it was still pretty good. It's The, the Professional, uh, about a hitman in New York, an Italian hitman in New York, who's supposed to be like the best of the best. It is a Luc Besson joint. Came out in 1994, is that right? Yeah, yeah. 1994. And uh, starred Natalie Portman in her first movie, I believe. I think it's her first role. Well, I think, she's, I think she's it was like her first kid, role. Yeah. She's 12 or 13 yeah. years old, and she's, I think, phenomenal in this yeah. movie. Dead giveaway that she was one day going to be an Academy Award winning actress. I mean, it was just... Yeah, you, she, you was, she was all in. You could all see in. it when she's a little tiny. She, she totally she all She took in, a bunch yeah. of time off. We'll talk about that some. She took some time off after doing this, but... Um, I think it was in the cards that she was going to be really good. So yeah, yeah so had you seen it before? Yes. Okay. Yes, I had seen it. Right. I had seen it um, many times at my fraternity house. Okay. Um, this was kind of like at an age when there were a lot of these indie violent films. Right. Um, and your fraternity house, you guys were especially into avant-garde French film. Right? Absolutely. In general. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. we usually did. Uh, we usually did subtitled. If they weren't subtitled, oh, yeah. You know, it's like, what are you doing? What with are you that? even doing? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, who, Why? Who made that film? MGM. Ooh. You right. Know? right. But uh, in any case, uh, we like to watch the French dubbed um, Braveheart, for example. Oh yeah. Well, that way you get a little education. Liberté. Liberté. <laughs> so actually, that's not true at all. We. But uh, if we weren't watching those movies, we were, we were we could watching fill in the blanks. <laughs> watching. In fact, any, I think that was one of the any, films you used to watch was any fill in the violent blanks. film. But what happened was Pulp Fiction came out in like '93. 
92. That sounds right. Like that. 93, I think. And, uh, and so that came out, and that kind of spawned this whole era of not just violent movies, because Van Damme was, had violent movies. Now, there was violence before this. Yeah. But it was yeah. artfully done right. violent movies, right? right? So we watched Pulp Fiction came out, and we were like, whoa, what is this? And then after that, we, after that, we watched Reservoir Dogs. We're like, holy cow, right. this is great. Killing Zoe, you know, the professional. And there's, so there's all these great yeah. ar- artistically done violent movies, right? Which now we kind of take for granted if you think about it. Like, yeah, it, 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 lasted, the, uh, it lasted for six or seven years where it was really like in vogue. It was just killers it, it was, right. with big vocabularies. Yeah. And there were just films like that. And I've heard, I don't know if I haven't checked into this, but Lucky Number Slevin, Slevin yeah. was like the last one of them where people okay. were like, okay, these aren't good anymore. Like this, <laughs> right. this is played out. Well, there's like movies it, it like, was like, like uh, Face Off. Is it John Woo? Is that, is that the director? That was John Woo. Okay. So, so he kind of came at the end of it. And so he yeah, well he, he was would, he, he would was have these art, artfully done violent in Hong Kong parts. he was doing it before Quentin okay. Tarantino right. okay. um, like um, the, I think it's called the Killer okay uh, or the Killers oh, I can't remember whether it's Killers plural but one of them has um, Chow Yun Fat and like and the other guy is really big in those films up up against each other and the difference mm-hmm. with those is they're very melodramatic which yeah. appears in the professional you know that guy Chow Yun Fat though uh-huh. not really fat. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Very yeah. handsome, debonair-looking yeah. uh, yeah, Asian man. Yeah, does not, name does yeah. not go at name all completely with, uh, inappropriately. Yeah, but some of the hokiness of the Hong Kong films yeah. comes to us via the French in the professional. Right. Right. Whereas Quentin Tarantino kind of got rid of that element. Right. That the melodrama is out of it. It's all very hyper-realist with what he's sort doing. Sort of. But then, is it Robert Rodriguez that that he pairs with that did uh, Desperado? Oh, I'm trying to remember if that's the guy that did Spy Kids and yeah, yeah. Desperado or yeah. whether that's two different people. If you, I mean, literally what— It's like, Mariachi's the original right, one. Right, right. Mar- yeah. El, El Mariachi is the original one. But is that it, Robert Rodriguez? I think it is. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Antonio Banderas is literally dancing yeah. and shooting a gun in Desperado. And I think in El Mariachi that scene exists as well. So yeah, it's, 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 not, kind of it's like, not Antonio Banderas in the original one. Right, it's, it's, it's not. a Mexican guy, but I can't remember his name. But that's kind of like the the ultimate show yeah, of, this, of, of this whole of this kind of whole movement where it's like this right. artistic representation of violence, right? It's smart too. Yeah. It tends to be just very smart, even if it's not being super artsy. It's just kind of clever. Yeah. Um, and the, the Hong Kong ones are all like that. Right. They came from a tradition. There's a whole, I mean, we could do Rumble in the Bronx someday or something sure, like that. Yeah. There's a whole tradition of films like that um, that just have the really cool mm-hmm. martial arts. The action is super smart and clever right. just in, in, in the fight scenes and right. stuff like that. But anyway, what was your surface level impression from rewatching? Uh, <laughs> from rewatching, I was, I, I got to admit, I thought it's a bit hokey. It's a bit stylized Miami Vice, right? Yeah. You know, I think when I first watched it, it was like, holy cow, look at this. This is amazing, right? Right. right. Now watching it, I'm like, uh, there are a lot of tropes. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of those stereotypical kind of scenes that, that action movies sort of had and which have become, you know, just, just kind of there's not, for that type of There's not genre. a lot in here that's like being done for the first time. Should in we this film, Yeah, we should start a drink. But in this film, it's all about how it looks. Yes. And there's a reason for that because the French school of cinema that Luc Besson comes from is cinema de look, which right. is like sleek and cool looking and just the music's good so and, I, and the people look good. They have right. a cool look to them, but it doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes. I was wondering, and is it is it looks over it's substance? It looks over substance, yeah. Okay. It All is. Right. But okay. usually mixed in with an element of um, high culture. Okay. And then that's that's the one I had to, I had to sort of squint to see that in this. The yeah. only thing I can see with that is that uh, Gary Oldman's obsessed with Beethoven. Yeah, maybe. With classical music. That's which, a little weak. Which they never play. But for an American audience, that's probably about as high culture as you could get. And, <laughs> and like so. hope that anybody would know what you're talking so would, about. So would, would the movie Ronin be that cinema de look? So it's still Jean Reno, right? Uh, I think so. I think I heard yeah. it was. For, it wasn't Luc Besson, though, but it was a different... I don't think it's Luc Besson, no. So that, but that one was very stylized, very... Very much so. Yeah. And there's also just... I think we talked about this before with something else. There's a whole genre of, like beautiful European crime movies. Yeah. They're just, this is, Europe is one right. of the characters. You're just, yeah. there's always these tiny little streets. Right. And like, Oh, it's true. You know, yeah, true. Th- they're, well, they're the feature sound- very prominently. Now that I'm thinking about it, the soundtrack to Ronin, you could have switched out the professional soundtrack as well. That the, I don't remember the soundtrack. It was a very Ronin. classical sounding, like very yeah. kind of like, well, this one, I, we, we, some, some of the stuff I said the last time we did this, but this one, 
I think that the soundtrack mm-hmm. is a lot like Pet Sounds, ah, yeah, like yeah. the album Pet Sounds. There's a lot of um, random noises, weird instruments being thrown yeah. into the mix. It's never boring. Like yeah. it's doing something strange all the time. Right. There's all these Christmas bells jingling and sure, stuff like sure. that all through yeah. it. I actually had this soundtrack as an album, and I used to listen to it. Oh, like, cool. I just put it on for ambiance. Like, it's not really to, you, know, really <laughs> s- you don't really sit there listening to it. But what were you doing when you needed that kind of ambiance? What are we drinking, by the way? Oh, uh, we are having cocktails that go by the name of Negroni cocktails. Negroni. Why are we having Negroni? We're having Negroni just because I think it's a sleek, cool Italian drink. Right. Um, and that's this movie is a sleek. French quasi Italian. Yeah, a lot of Italians. Supposedly in it. Italian. Yeah. The the main character is definitely supposed to be Italian. He's yeah. referred to as the, the Italian. The Italian. Leon. Several times, but he looks French. He's he, a French dude. He's like, actually Spanish. Jean Renault is. Yeah. Oh, but he's grew up in France though. Or something. He grew up in France. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's from Spain though. Um, okay. And his a- actually he he uh, changed his name from a Spanish last name to oh, okay. a French last name. Okay. So this is Negroni. So what's in it? Uh, and Negroni is gin. Mm-hmm. I say equal parts. Equal parts gin, Campari, and sweet vermouth. Okay. Um, and this time I got it right. Last time I brought dry and sweet, like to figure out which one it was. It's definitely <laughs> right. supposed to be sweet. Um, so this is this is sort of like, uh, like this is it's, very much like an americano. It, well, it's also we very much like an old show. fashioned. So this is a, so the original definition of a cocktail is a spirit, okay, a bitter, and something sweet. So the original cocktail literally had whiskey bitters and sugar in it. That, and that's what an old-fashioned is, in fact. So, so should I have it, done equal parts here, or should I have, like, done a splash of the you, No, you could have. I mean, you can, you can build on top of it okay. or do equal parts. Um, I think we got slightly bit, slightly more gin than we got everything else in this version. But um, we've which, talked about gin before. Not much to say about that. Yeah. Campari, have we talked about? We did. It's a liqueur. We, we had the Americanos. the Americanos, right? Yeah. So... Um, Although I can't remember what we had. I that can't for. remember what we did. Americanos for something had had, had to do with uh, Italians, I'm sure. I was uh, I, I was thinking it was Catch Twenty Two because that's no, in Italy, that's but that's not it. That was yeah. Scotch. Well, but in any case, it's, it's a it's a bitter liqueur yeah, from Italy, and then uh, sweet vermouth is, right. is just kind of fortified wine. I'm not sure I'd be able to tell the difference between an Americano and a Negroni if you gave me one on different days. Mm. Similar. It's a good drinks. drink. Yeah, it's a good drink. It is a good but, drink. It is a good drink. Yeah, so, I don't know, just a chill drink to, to sip on while yeah, talking about sure. the professional, about the cinema du look. Otherwise, it'd have to be uh, milk, or it'd have, I, I think that's the I only thought drink. of milk. <laughs> I thought of milk. Why does well, he drink milk? White Russian. What is that about? I think he's supposed to be, like, as... He's just a pro. He doesn't want to be drunk. He's always trying to get stronger or whatever. Yes. Well, he, he does all of that for work, though. I mean, yeah, that, but he's always he's, doing he's, his crunches and his push-ups. He says that and, th- this plant is like me. Yeah. It doesn't need very much... I think that's kind of it. Like he doesn't want any flavor in his life. Like he has no flavor, right? He doesn't do anything. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Except going to watch old movies, I guess, like Singing in the Rain. Singing in the Rain, right. Yeah. And the guy's illiterate. Right. Uh, so he doesn't even like read books or anything. Mm-hmm. He just goes to the movies works and watches Gene out. Kelly. That's about it. I'm still looking through here trying to figure out what the Americano was from. It's pretty silly. But, um, <laughs> oh, you'll never remember it if I don't. It's the game of life. Game of life. When you the board game, the game oh, of life. Why we did you drink Americano cocktails I have no for idea. that? What is the connection? I don't know. I can't reconstruct that in hindsight. I'm sure we must have talked about it. Was well, that your choice or my choice? That was your choice. The game was your choice, wow. and the drink was your choice. Maybe huh. just because it's American. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember what I the connection remember. is there. We would have to actually go back and listen to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're going to be road tripping. Um, back across the country, and my wife's way behind in the podcast, so one of the things we're going to do is do a marathon toasting the classics mm. while we drive. So that should be fun. Play her all the parts where we're talking about her. About her, yeah. How wonderful she not is. Not a lot. I don't do it a lot. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't want to risk it. Sure. It's dangerous. So Natalie Portman, 12 years old. One of the, th- one of the criticisms, and probably obviously the biggest criticism about this movie is the creepy is relationship creepy. Yeah. between uh, Leon and Matilda, which I thought was funny because Matilda is a famous French children's book. It's about this little French girl that goes to like a like a convent orphanage type of thing. No, Matilda, that's not. That's Madeline. Oh, is it Madeline? Yeah, Madeline. Matilda is Roald Dahl. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, I was yes. like, for a second, I was like, wait a minute. Hey, that right. Yeah, sound yeah, right. yeah, right. Yeah. Madeline. Matilda is the little girl with magic powers that Harry Potter's kind of a ripoff of. Right. It's a Roald You're Dahl right. book. Madeline. Is Madeline it, is, is it the little Madeline? girl, you know, uh, seven girls all in rows or yeah, whatever, yeah, 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 yeah,
Yeah, we've read that one before a couple of times. Cleo likes that one. Well, I haven't read it in a long time, as you yeah, can tell. Well, your, your kid's a teenager <laughs> In any now, case. Yeah. yeah, so that's the biggest biggest criticism about uh Yeah, so about the it movie. just occurred to me, this thought just... We've talked about this before, how in the, in the 70s and 80s, they used to do all these movies like Bad News Bears, Goonies, where the kids were very adult, and they swore... And they were, like, in dangerous situations and stuff like that. And then it was, like, okay. And then in the 90s, that transitioned where you had either movies for grown-ups or movies for children. And this is, like, on the edge where it's, like, Matilda is, like, a girl version of one of the Goonies. Yeah. She smokes cigarettes. She says bad words. She's like, gets mixed up in, like, with a hitman and stuff like that. She's very smart and very adult. And that just wasn't working anymore almost by that time. It was like you were supposed to... I don't know. I, I think they got rid of the Goonies vibe. I mean, imagine the Bad News yeah. Bears. You go back and watch that. Right. Is there any movie today where the kids act like that? <laughs> Smoke and drink. Smoke and, and drink and they're racist. And, and like, everything else. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That's just not, uh, it just no, doesn't that's, happen That's anymore. a good point. That's a good point. Well, the problem is that in every movie, the girl is always sexualized. Because I was about to say the Sandlot. But so the Sandlot, the, the boys are like that. But the girl, the one girl. Right. Is sexualized, right? Yeah, in there and by the little boys. So it's a little by bit the little less boys. creepy. But it's a- well, in the movie too. She's she's kind of a knockout, right? And they make her look like some pinup girl. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and and then he and then he tricks her into kissing her. Yeah, which is uh, would be like a that would be canceled today. Yeah, no, no. Well, Snow White's know. been canceled, or the sorry, the prince has been canceled for kissing Snow White without her permission. You see? Oh, right, right, right. She couldn't. She couldn't give. You know. Sign whatever paper it says. I guess she would have rather slept forever then. Well, yes. definitely, but there is a bit of creepiness. I mean, there's there's you know, creepiness, yeah. There's and this naked. is something I didn't know about this movie is that there's a um, there's a longer version, uh, like twenty minutes more, not mm-hmm. just not just like a little bit longer, but quite a bit longer. And there's a lot more creepy Lolita content right in the longer version. I saw I was watching a YouTube video commenting on the movie, and they showed some clips from it. It was like the two of them like sleeping in a bed together and stuff like that, and it was like. Not yeah, what's going cool. On? Like, yeah. and I think we've talked about this before, but I feel like Europeans and especially French people, there's a gray area about how creepy that is for them. Whereas for us in America, it's that's just creepy. Right. Like that's you know nobody wants to see that here. Like, so that's a good point because I, this was actually released originally in France. It was made. It's a French film. It, it was a big hit in France. Yes, it's a um, French film made for a French audience. It was like the number one initially. movie in France for. A, for weeks, for a and while, weeks. yeah, and it was. So they, uh, it made a decent amount of money overall, yeah. and it was like a quarter of what it made was in France, which yeah. is like pretty big, a big deal yeah. for the movie market. That doesn't happen anymore. So I'm so. wondering if they saw it as creepy, like we do. I don't know. I don't know. I, but we were founded by Puritans, after all. So de- definitely, so. that's and that's an issue in Lolita. Yes, They're talking about this uh, cultured European man, and he's got this thing for twelve-year-old girls, and he's like folding that into the things that Americans find to be inappropriate right. and therefore saying, oh, Americans. And yeah. I'm like, you're you're not wrong about <laughs> us, but in this right. case, I think we have a point. Yeah, yeah. Like there are there's boundaries. A, there's a cutoff, you know? yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I don't know. It's so hard to say. I mean, there's a, there's definitely a um, different disposition in Europe. We talked about this you know, before. What's that director's name? I always Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski. Yeah. You know, France gave him... Gave him a place to, to Yeah, because hang on out. some level they probably thought we were being puritanical about trying to arrest him. Yeah. It's like what you know what's wrong with what he did, you know? <laughs> yeah. Type of thing. Now he was Polish if I remember Polanski, right? Yeah, yeah, I think Polish. of Polish yeah. descent, yeah. I think he actually was Polish. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, right. So I'm just saying not just descent. No, no, he's like, European. Yeah, I yeah. Think. I, I so so I don't know. I mean it's there's something to be said about that. I I'm just curious. I, I should have looked that up. Like what was the reception of it in France, well, I know it was, it was a very weird. popular movie. Yeah. That much is certainly true. Right. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, the whole thing is just barely on the edge of being acceptable in the finished product of what we see in the hour and 10 minutes that comes to us as the version of the professional that we're used to. Yeah. Um, but I think if there had been more of that content, it would have been like a little bit uh, like, what, what are we doing here? We've right. talked, and there's another thing we've talked about before is like, so we look at that and we're like, there's this really creepy relationship between this guy and this girl. Yeah. So we're like, I don't know if we like these people. I don't know if we like Leon, but he's a murderer, mm-hmm. and we're just looking past that. <laughs> like that, we're not, we're not we don't judge him. Yeah. As we, I, I think yeah. I talked about this before with Reservoir yeah. Dogs. Is just like all these scenes where they're dropping n bombs, 
you know, and like being super racist and you're like, oh, these people are terrible. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, well, wait a minute, they're also, also the, murderers. Yeah, they're also you know? murderers, yeah. <laughs> Why yeah. in a film are we're so inured to violence yeah. that we're just like, oh yeah, the guy kills people. I don't know. That's I just, guess a good director and writer makes somebody, I can't even remember their names now, uh, but look at the, uh, are they protagonists in, in Pulp Fiction? Uh, the two gangsters, Samuel Jackson and, and um, I mean, uh, what are their names? Uh, Vince. Uh, yeah, Vince, Vin- Vince, Vince Vega and um, Jules. And Jules, yeah. Uh, it's meant to be, it's like Pulp Fiction. It's meant to be like multiple magazine stories that you would read right. all no, back to back. No, no, no. So I, they're the protagonists of one of them. And then I Vince get that. Is, but, what, you know, but what I'm saying is things like, you know, when he's talking about, you know, he was in, uh, he spent all his time in Amsterdam. What's mm-hmm. it like in Amsterdam? Right. And you know what they call a quarter pounder? Royale you know, with cheese. Royale with cheese. You know, so they do all this stuff. Before they get to, you know, murdering and doing all the other stuff. Right. And by that point, you've seen these people as kind of human humans, right? Yes. Yeah. And then all the way through the cafeteria when Jules is like, well, maybe I'm supposed to give this up. I'm going to walk the earth. Well, you're going to be a bum, right? Yeah. You know? So he humanizes them as evil people. Because Gary Oldman's evil. Gary Oldman's a villain. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's a villain. Guy. I mean, there's... Yeah. there's so Leon, There's no motivations that you can understand. Yeah. He's just a bad guy. He's just a bad and guy. And he's off the wall. His behavior is not normal. Right. You don't, you're not like, oh, yeah, I know a guy like that. I mean, he's just like right. a monster. You right. Know? So what separates him from, from Leon? Well, Leon has connections to other human beings. His motivations right. are not base. He yeah. just he, He's motivated. They play that song, that Sting song at the end, mm-hmm. Shape of My Heart, which is about a gambler who plays, who gambles because he just has a love of the odds and the game and just wants to see, just wants to participate in it. And that's what Leon's motivation is yeah. for, being, for being a killer, is that he just likes being really good at something, right. just likes training, likes perfecting an art. That's it. He doesn't even get any money out of it. He gets paid, and Danny Aiello steals his money. Yeah. And he doesn't even care. Right. I don't think he's in the dark about that. Sure. But, well, maybe not. I don't know. He's portrayed as being very uneducated. Right. So maybe he really thinks it's a good idea to have a so, mobster hold your money rather than go to a bank. <laughs> well, old Tony, you know. But, uh, Nobody knocks so, off old Tony. So that one scene where he's watching Singing in the Rain. I mean, we're in agreement here. Danny Aiello is just screwing him over. Tony's just ripping everybody I off. I think right? so. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, you want to you wanna think that he's a good guy, though. He does kind of come and across we'll, as a good guy. Let's get back to him. Yeah. Let's put, right. a, put a pin in that one. All right. But that one scene where it's singing in the rain, what is the look at, what's the expression on Leon's face? He looks around himself uh-huh. at the other people to yeah. see who else is in the theater because he's, it's the only time he's ever had any connection with any human beings. Right. He's wanting to love this movie and look around and see somebody else Else smiling loving it, right? And connecting. And the them. smile on his face, like it's like pure joy. It is. Yeah. It's like, you know, total innocent, like five-year-old, right. you know, watching, right. you know, oh, this is, this is yeah. I mean, it's, you know, slack-jawed, smile, big white eyes. Yes. Like, he's very simple. That he's a very that, simple. Person. That in, I mean, that one moment endears him to us. Like, oh, yeah, wow. There's more to this guy than just you know a killing machine, right? Right. Oldman doesn't. We don't get that from Gary Oldman. We just get no. he's a, just an absolute. Now he does have his moments. You know, lighting the cigarette. The old lady comes out. He shoots the window. Get back Didn't in. Didn't you hear him? Didn't you hear get him? Back get back in, yeah. in he's there. Ter- that scene, you know? he's... And you're thinking, is he going to shoot her? Is he going to shoot her? There's That's a couple of thinking, super right? over-the-top moments, uh-huh. right? Like the thing with the thing where he pops pills, and he's got this whole ritual for popping a pill that makes no sense. It's yeah. completely insane. Very weird. There's the, you know, everyone, <laughs> you know, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But that scene where he's talking to the old lady, yeah. and he just kind of, he's talking to himself with a cigarette in his mouth, like trying to explain to himself and like reloading his gun when yeah, he yeah, does yeah. it, and then just flicks, almost yeah. flicks the gun <laughs> at her right. to shoot the window. Flicks the bullet. He said, something. get back in your hut. <laughs> get you know. back. In here, <laughs> she just like I, looks he's at it terrific and walks in that. In. So that that one's more. There's like some panache to the character, the actor yeah, at least. Right. I like that. That one's much more endearing. But like some of the other stuff is really over the top. Yeah. Like, it's there was a review I read that said it's a really love it or hate it performance. Yeah. And as the same person, I can sometimes be in the right mood and be like Gary Oldman's phenomenal in this. And yeah. other times I'm like, what is he's just like? <laughs> there are big holes in the scenery from right. where he chewed it. You know. Yeah. And like yeah. I think we talked about this, but we, like when he was in Fifth Element, also a Luc Besson film, mm-hmm. he's over the top in that one to me. Right. He's ridiculous in that. Like I think he's gone too. F- it's still an enjoyable film, and he's yeah. still an enjoyable villain, but he's just insane in that one. He's just being Stansfield for two hours in that one. Every time he's on screen, he's just Stansfield to the max. He's just yeah. completely nuts. Um, but 
Has it? What's your What's your favorite Gary Oldman role? Do you have one? I mean, it'd be hard. This is hard to top. This is hard to top for Gary Oldman for me. I mean, he's Dracula. I didn't see the Winston Churchill movie. What else is What else is he in? I saw he's Sirius in Black. Sid and Nancy, and I want to see Sirius, Sirius Black. Black. Okay. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I was fantastic. never a big fan of the character in the books either. Sirius Black. Yeah, so. he's, but he's fantastic in the movie. He really is. Sure. Yeah, he's a great actor and everything. I just yeah. I can't think of a lot else that Sid and Nancy though. I mean, he really. I think he nails. I've only seen clips of that, but he looks amazing. And I actually put it on my list of movies to watch. Between him and there's another actor that looks like Sid Vicious. Uh, oh, he was he was Wild Bill in The Green Mile. I never saw it. Okay, we've talked about this one before. I've never seen The Green Mile. Um, he played a, he played in a movie called uh, A Dangerous Mind, where he was like a talk show host or something like that. That was also a CIA. Oh, you're agent. talking about Sam. Yes. Sam Rockwell? Yes, Sam Rockwell. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. What, he sort of looks like him, too. He would have made a good yeah, one. Yeah, when mean, he like, was younger, yeah, sure. He actually looks like Gary Oldman. He I does mean, kind of look like Gary. He's younger yeah. than Gary Oldman, I believe. Yeah, much younger, yeah. He's very good, very good actor. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but, uh, yeah, Gary Oldman's. All I'm saying is that there's there's a really good juxtaposition between Leon, simple, absolutely utter joy wa- watching, mm-hmm. you know, Singing in the Rain, and then... Gary Oldman, pure evil. Obviously, it's done on purpose, so it endears Leon to us. So we can forgive the fact that he murders a bunch of people, you know, and, and is a, a swell guy, you know. A large percentage of his body count in this film mm-hmm. is police, hmm. which 1994. I was wondering You can about have that. a movie with, where the NYPD are getting mowed down left and right. And, but in 2002. <laughs> Not so much. That'd be very different. Because look up the body count. Just look up body count. Oh, yeah. Body count for uh, the professional. 25, maybe? 25 just police officers probably, right? Maybe not. Uh, I think was, he kills about 12 guys. Does he? Scene. I think seems so. Seems like but he kills more. Yeah, it always seems like it's more than it really is. Well, Red Dawn still got the record, right? For body counts? Mm-hmm. I think so. Or it did for a while. Huh. Well, then there's off-screen deaths. I think, I think, deaths, jo- I think you know. John Wick is probably... Yeah, that's got true. The, got, holds the current thing. Total movie body count, 33. Total Leon, 26. Oh, 26. Oh, you're close. Very that's close. About, that's about what we said, right? You said 25. I said 25, yeah. Yeah, yeah very close. And then he dies. A couple of other, um, couple of other people get killed. So it's not all him, but yeah, mostly. Yeah. Mostly. It is mostly him. Well, he I kills mean, seven or eight guys in that beginning sequence where, yeah. for some reason, cowboys are drug dealers in New York City. Cowboys they, from Texas. Were they cowboys from Texas? Yeah, they're all wearing cowboy boots. They'll have southern accents. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. yeah and I'm just that. like, then th- this is a big elephant in the room talking about this yeah. film. Is this is clearly a movie by a French person <laughs> that <laughs> does not know anything about America. <laughs> like, I, thought, I thought it was a movie by a French person who watched a lot of Miami Vice. In yes. the early 80s. Yeah. There might be cowboy yeah, white yeah. dude yeah. drug dealers in Miami. Right. But yeah. not in New York. Or, like, or at least like Cubans who dress like cowboys. Or Cubans, right. If you have drug dealers in New York wearing cowboy boots, there's going to be Colombians or somebody for this. <laughs> right. They're not going to be from Texas. They would like, stand out they a would, bit, wouldn't they? But they could, the Latin guys could kind of fit in a little yeah. better. But the cowboy walking yeah, down the street with a big so cowboy much, yeah. hat on, that's a Native American dude. Yeah. Tonto, they call him. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> This, right. this is not a New York drug dealer no. gang. Of course, they do yeah. say he's from out of town. Well, that's but, true. But uh, that's the, uh, a weird even the, town, even the like. all the guns they used were 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 tropey. Like I said, the you Uzi's, know, they, Uzi's, yeah, and Uzi's whatnot, and yeah. Mac tens and all yeah. these things. And again, they used in like Miami Vice. Like right. every drug dealer had one of those. I think you know by the '90s, by the time this movie came out, mm-hmm. you had Ice T, you know, capping people with an AK, right? Or Ice Cube, rather, Cube. I should say. Um, capping people with an AK. I don't AK. think Ice-T would have scrupled Actually, to not use an AK. Dre but. was talking about carrying an AK. Cube and T were talking about uh, carrying an AK. Uh, he had AKs and, and I know ARs there was at least that. one day uh-huh. where Ice Cube did not have to use his AK. Just one. That was a good Just day. Just that one day. Was that a good yeah, day? Well, that was a fairly good day. <laughs> a fairly I good day? So, yeah. Today was so. a fairly good day. Today was a reasonable <laughs> approximation of a good yeah. day. Anyway, I, it's just it's just very... It is. It's very tropey. It's very, you know, this is what, what it must, what it would be like to be in America and be a drug dealing type of thing. Even the Italian mafioso thing, you know, right. old Tony. Okay. So he's got, he's got a pizza parlor. It's a little I bit mean, anachronistic. I mean, come on. 1994. You know? Yeah. In the city, not, not out in Brooklyn or something, not in Jersey. Do the right like, thing. They had all kinds of opportunity to pull out a right. gun and be a mafia guy, but they never did right. because you know why? Spike Lee knew that that's not really how Italians are right. in New York. Right. It's <laughs> a perfectly legitimate they're, Italian business. They're, they're just Italian. You know, right. they're just Italian Americans. 
that that run a pizza parlor with their kids, right? Uh huh. However, I wonder when. I think the I think the mob was still a pretty serious concern in New York into the eighties. But I think beyond that, it's getting to be sort of. John a, Gotti was in the eighties. right? John Gotti was definitely still around yeah. in the eighties, and I think his thing was getting wrapped up, and he was getting arrested in the maybe late eighties, like early nineties, yeah, something like that. that. But by then, I don't think you're. Every Italian on the corner was was mobbed up. Right. You know, like I think I think was, those days were pretty man. much. Yeah, yeah, I think those days were over. But right. I also don't think that uh, New York felt like Bogota in 1994. Right. That this this movie right. is, you know, like the yeah. sequel. We talked yeah. about the sequel. Matilda had a. They, they, he wrote a movie for so Matilda. Matilda or Madeline. It's, it's Matilda. <laughs> okay, sorry. Matilda. <laughs> Matilda. Um, she was supposed to get a sequel that never got got made, and then eventually got made, and it was in Colombia. Right. Which makes a lot more sense. Yes, the, the body count makes a lot more sense Absolutely. in Bogota than it does. Yeah. I can, I can deal know. with that. Yeah, this is a little much for New York. This would be most of the homicide rate of New York City for one year. Thirty-three dead. That'd yeah. be like that'd be like twenty-five percent of the people that got killed in the entire city <laughs> in a year. Right. It's really not a very yeah. bloody place. So yeah. you know, relative to population size, that is. Um, Although it looked like every every shot of New York City looked like it was shot in the days of Taxi Driver. Like they're all like New York City in this movie was dirty and gritty and well, it still was in the nineties. It hadn't quite gentrified to the point where like a lot of the time when you walk down the street the, the streets in the city today, like in the city of Manhattan, mm-hmm. it's like walking through a mall. Everything's very sleek and but yeah. in the nineties things still looked you know, like you'd see those shutters in front of all the shops yeah, and stuff like yeah. that. Like it had that look still. The Banksy this, shutters. This is the city I recognize. Like 1994 mm-hmm. is the New York City that I knew the best, that I spent the most time in. Um, <coughs> I did. I was too little to be in this in New York by myself in the 80s. But by the time of this movie, the interiors are like older buildings, you know. They, they specifically, oh, like they filmed this in the Chelsea Hotel. A lot of the interiors are the Chelsea Hotel. Did they? Like I thought this. they filmed it in France. They filmed, they'd film an exterior City City Street, New York. Right. Then hallway, like right, walking in is France. And then yeah. inside the apartment is the Chelsea Hotel. That and then they're using they're using this like um it's the way we use it, montage. They're okay. using montage to fool you into just assuming it's all one building. It's oh, just see. getting whatever he thinks is the coolest shot is from all over the place, all over the yeah, world, basically. Makes sense, yeah. But a lot of the interiors of of Matilda's building are the Chelsea Hotel. Which is like I got this famous history. I mean, it's like a, it's where um, Dylan Thomas I think died there or got sick there. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy that wrote the Long Weekend shot himself in the Chelsea. There's Jeez. all these people, all these famous authors that died there, <laughs> lived there. Like, well, let's go. Yeah, that sounds like I, a great I'm place. Down. I, w- yeah. I totally want to go. I'd let's go. Like, score hey, kids, some, this is the Dylan Thomas room. You know, go score some smack and uh, yeah, you know exactly. have have a good time. Exactly. You see that brown stain over there on the wall? That's where that's where uh, you know yeah. Jack Kerouac. Hey, does anybody have about six feet of rope? <laughs> Let's go have some fun. Did you know the old lady from the? Tar- you know, we talking about the part where you shoot the window out. Do you know who that old lady was? No. Woody Allen's high school biology teacher. How do you know that? It's just in some little. Is, is she accredited? Yeah, she's accredited. Yeah. She IMDb. Yeah. Really? So. Yeah. Wow. I mean, she's not credited as Woody Allen's high school biology <laughs> teacher, but, but just like that's just who two it was. roles, two roles: like, the professional, <laughs> creepy old lady, and, and uh, Woody she Allen. She was she was actually awesome. I like when she looks her looks. She like turns her whole body, she turns looks around at the like window. she can't move her neck properly. Yeah, and, looks yeah. at the window and she then she turns back around. She's like, okay, yeah, yeah. it's a good reaction. <laughs> yeah, I like it's a good that reaction definitely. Do you think that no women's no no women no kids would be possible? I don't know. I, I've met a lot of rotten kids in my life. I could see how you could avoid killing kids, but don't you think a woman would get oh, in the way man. at some point when you were trying to kill these people? There are some kids, though. I'm not saying, yeah, it would be a, but do you think you could have that rule if you wanted to have that rule? If I wanted to have that rule? What if someone took out a hit on, like, Miley Cyrus? Or, you know, she's an adult now, but you know what yeah. I mean? Like, uh, but no women. But JoJo are, Siwa. But there are plenty of. Cutting into somebody's but there are territory. There plenty of terrible women. I, there are women that Absolutely. are. Absolutely. Women that are drug dealers, too. And, That's what I mean. You know, Don't you think there'd be somebody? What, what is that rule? It's not a war. Black Widow is was like a hit person. Sure. What are you going to do? Just avoid her because she's yeah. a girl? Like, like, well, I would shoot you. Yeah. But exactly. you it's are against a woman. the rules. I can't do it. So I guess we're all just going to die. Aren't we about equality nowadays? We should be. We should we definitely be. Definitely right? should be. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and don't. Aren't the voices that we're supposed to listen to, aren't, aren't they the voices of the young? So why not kill them? The children? Yeah, why not? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Right? Yeah. Maybe Leon had something. I don't know. Who am I? I think the cast of this movie is incredible. And we talked about Natalie Portman. Yeah. Obviously. My, so. Well, the, the three people, I mean, the cast of three people. 
everybody else is total dud. But well, but there's but I, no, I don't think that's true because well, there's no, a whole Danny bunch Aiello. of yeah, Danny Aiello. Danny yeah. Aiello's got a great part, but Audrey from from Little Shop of Horrors is Natalie Portman's stepmom. Okay. The dad is uh, from Oh Brother oh, yeah, Where Art yeah, Thou. Yeah, you're right. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, his crew, all of uh, Gary Gary Oldman's crew, uh-huh. are like fun character actors. Like everybody's like got a, is like is like a funny part. There's <laughs> that one guy, they, when they kill everybody in the apartment. There's the one guy whose job it is to stand there with a gun outside the door, Benny. Remember yeah. that part? Yeah, that, that guy's pretty funny. What I is like that guy, that. deaf or something? What is yeah. it? What, what? Benny, we're coming out. Benny, Don't shoot. Benny, we're coming out. Bam. Damn it, Benny. Yeah. <laughs> He's, his language is slightly more colorful than that. Yeah, well. I, I used to say it with that cadence right, all the right. time. Just people, somebody said something stupid. Be, Jesus <laughs> Christ, Benny. <laughs> yeah. That'll, that part is That'll pretty get funny. bleeped. But. And actually, that guy... Um, the, the guy that plays Gary Oldman's sidekick that ends yeah. up getting killed. That guy's in things. That he's fun. He's fun. He he's was, good. He was he's a good, good part. Yeah. He's like, would you put down the gun? Come here. Come he, he, tell you what, get inside the department. Get, yeah. get, just get inside. Just get inside. Out of all yeah. the bad guys, he comes across as the most realistic to me. He does. He seemed more like yeah. a real corrupt New York cop. Right. Like he seemed to have a sense of like, no, no, we're going to get in trouble if we shoot <laughs> people in the middle of the street. Right, we can't right. do that. You know, let's, you know. <laughs> and he's like, I love how he like, he dives underneath the sink. To hide as the shooting starts, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, that's a pretty realistic. Yeah, no, you know, was, tendency, yeah. I know. He think. was good. I liked yeah. him a lot. I thought he was a fun. A but fun I'm just side saying that they, you don't know any of them, with the with the exception of like. No, there's some you can, familiar you can, faces. You can no, you can nobody. say that oh I've been in, they've been in this and they've been in that. But you got three Academy Award winners. Yeah, and that's not Jean Reno. I don't think ever won for anything. But Natalie Portman's won an Academy mm-hmm. Award, I believe, for Black Swan. Yeah. Danny Aiello won for Do the Right Thing, uh-huh. and Gary Oldman. At least the Winston Churchill movie, if he hasn't won for anything else, I think got, I think he won for something else also. Yeah, I think he got. Uh, I can't remember what. Oh God! Um, but Natalie right. Portman has this moment where she goes out to get groceries. The bad guys come and murder her family. Spoiler alert! Like we said, always if you haven't watched the movie already, <laughs> you know, right, yeah. whatever. Why are you listening? So she goes out to get groceries, and the bad guys come and kill her whole family. And she comes comes back and sees that they're in there having killed her family. And just walks past them with a poker face, goes to Leon's apartment and knocks on the door. And the actress, and I'm talking about the actress, not even the character, being able to convey that she just managed to do that with a poker face, now is waiting for him to open the door. You can see that she really wants him to open the Mm -hmm. door and save her life, but also having a breakdown about the fact that her family just died and that's sinking in is like... I don't have the emotional maturity to understand and mimic that, and I'm a grown person. For like a 12-year-old but that's a, to be able to do that? The like, tension in that scene caused between her doing that, mm-hmm. the guy that's outside the uh, outside the apartment chewing the, the toothpick. That's yeah, like, yeah, mm, yeah, the creepy cowboy-looking creepy guy. guy. You know who he looks then, like? He looks like um, Vigo from Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, I don't does. think it's the same yeah. actor, but it looks a lot like him. I, I, remind me about, to tell you something about okay. that. Leon's reaction... When he's like looking through and he's like, what do I do? Like, right. oh my gosh, what yeah. do I do? What am I supposed to do? He keeps like freaking out and looking through the spy hole and like, oh, like, like the whole, that whole moment. Yeah. And I think, I don't know why he has, and I guess maybe he hasn't won an Academy Award just because he hasn't been in any, any roles with Gravitas, like what the Academy would see as Gravitas maybe. No, he was in Godzilla. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> that was he, terrible. He was in Ronan. Um, but he was in, uh, he in Mission yeah. Impossible. But I mean, he oh, he yeah. deserves to have. Is he the bad guy in Mission Impossible? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if, if if he got if he had a role or was in a movie that would give him that kind of role, he would get an Academy Award. I mean, the guy is a fantastic actor. I mean, he can convey so much, and in that one scene, he does. I mean, he he conveys so much by like like the freak out look on his face. Like, what do I do? I mean, it's a total dilemma, and he sells it. You know completely mm. sells it just like she sells it he sells like it's a it's as much trauma for him yeah to have to open the door yeah. as it is for her to, to to walk past and to knock on the door so i'd have to watch it again but there's this theory of filmmaking right mm-hmm. i think i mentioned it before but it's called the kuleshov effect where they showed a neutral face to an audience mm-hmm. and depending on what the next frame was the audience would decide that that face was conveying Happiness, and then they'd be like, "Oh, this guy's conveying so much mm-hmm. excitement. Oh, this guy's conveying so much depression." Sense, yeah. It was like you, and I think that the way Jean Reno acts is so minimalist. 
It's like Danny Aiello to some extent, mm-hmm. very much understated. Like Gary Oldman, Danny Aiello, opposite sides right, of right. the acting coin in a lot of ways. But I think a lot of Jean Renault is like letting us put those emotions onto his face. Like in that yeah. scene, I don't remember a whole lot of uh, he's doing a whole lot in that scene. But we know what must be going to yeah. the character's head. So we're sort of. Well, you can you can see it in his face. I mean, he's like looking through the. And, and then once he lets her in. He's like trying to figure out where to position the gun to shoot the creepy yeah. guy. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, he's like right you know, over, over here, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's such a cool scene. Yeah, how like, about how? Okay, so let's get back to old Tony. Okay. So can you trust old Tony? What do you you no. you, you say no? No. You say he's ripping off. Uh, yeah, he's just ripping off yeah, Leon the absolutely. whole time. Huh? Yeah, I think Leon would be lucky <laughs> if he sees five percent of what he's ever made over the yeah. years, because Tony's just taking that money and doing whatever the heck he wants with it. And if Tony makes the well, wrong it's call... To- it's Tony's money to begin with, though. Tony's the one that's paying him. Uh, no, I think Tony's a middleman. <clears throat> Tony sends... Well, maybe, but Tony sends him on assignments. He says, I got a job for you, you know, like... Yeah, but but the one the one that we see him send him on is Tony's job. That's a competitor of Tony. He's this fat, you know what... Oh, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. in my territory, blah, blah, blah. Well, there's somebody else working. He's working for somebody else. The guy on the phone... Mm-hmm. Whoever that is, that's some other Italian mobster. Well, he's he's definitely mixed up in it, but it yeah, seems to definitely. me like Tony's pay is the one that paying that's paying him. Now, yeah. Now they might be paying Tony. I think it's I think he's a middleman. I think he's a fixer but, for for the yeah. for the killer. But he's paying because obviously Leon because he tra- he trained him. He's the one that trained him. Yeah, that's what he, he says. He remembers him getting yeah. trained and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And and he brought him in. There's there's a light mention of his backstory yeah. in. This version, but uh-huh. apparently in the long version, there's a whole scene right. of like where Leon comes from and stuff like that. So I don't Le- know if Leon got caught up with a girl, right? And a jealous husband killed, right. killed the jealous husband. Is that and, what it was? Had to flee, Italy yeah. or whatever he was at. Yeah, there's some shows mention up in of New York, it. And, and yeah, there's uh, some mention of it. Tony takes version. him under his, his wing and trains him to be a killer. Blah, I think blah, blah. Tony's taking most of the money. I mean, he gives Matilda a hundred dollars. <laughs> It's got to be. Yeah. It's got to be a hundred thousand dollars that Leon's earned over the years right. that he's owed, and sh- he gives her a hundred bucks. Right. I think Tony's screwing everybody over. You think so? I think so. Would you trust him? Would you let him like, give I'd, you your money well, and not I'd, not write it down anywhere how I'd much you were owed? Look, or? look. He 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 only gave Leon up after he, he was tortured, right? Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Like, okay. I mean, he's and he's kind of he, he's, he's not just tortured. They've got like his grandchildren in the place, right. and they're going to probably presumably kill but his that's grandchildren. The, that's the other thing. He's like he's he's part human. You know, he's he's humanized sure. because his yeah. grandkids and yeah. he's having a yeah. birthday party and everything else. Uh, there's that scene where he he cooks something for Leon and he takes a plate over to the old man that's sleeping. Right. Yeah. So he obviously cares for people. Sure. So I mean, it's like I don't know. There's a there's a bit of the um, chivalrous type of valor. Uh, old old world type of valor to him. I think he's trustworthy. I think he's got it. Yeah. You know, and I think he's. I think he's. You know, if if Leon needed the money, I think he'd give him whatever he, he needed. Um, I think the thing with Matilda, the reason he didn't give it to hers, is what are you going to do with it? What, you know, what, if I give you all this money, yeah, fair enough. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know, right. I could be a clear. But she's know. she's paid up through the end of the year at her school. Yeah. You think Tony's going to pay for the next year of school? I think so. I think I hope so. I think I'd like her, to think so. I think it's her money, and I, I think. But if you I have, think, I think I'll tell you what. I think that's a better compromise. Private schools in the New York area. If if Leon saved up a hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> uh, that money that's going to be cleaned out in a couple of years. It's, <laughs> yeah. That's expensive. Right. So yeah, that's uh, true. Made that probably less expensive in 1994, but still, yeah. it's, it's expensive. No, that's so definitely it's true. Not going to be not going to be a lot of money beyond that. I feel like the wages of crime mm-hmm. are just. I don't know if I should talk about this on here, but when I was a kid, I knew some guys that got into dealing drugs mm-hmm. and they would talk about the money they made. And I was just like, man, what would you even do with so much money? And yeah. I'm looking back, I'm thinking like, they said they made a thousand dollars one month. Yeah. And I'm like, that doesn't even, <laughs> that's not a lot. Now. That's like enough to pay your Dude, rent. Inflation that's ruins like, everything, know, like, doesn't it? It's not even just inflation, but it's <laughs> yeah. just the kind of money that blows your mind when you're right. 18. Right is nothing, you know, it's, yeah. it's not getting you anywhere. Tax that, free, you know? baby. Yeah. You know, there was, there was a uh, documentary about these, these poor girls that got like talked into doing adult movies and they're talking mm. about the money they made. Right. And when they're talking about, they made like $12,000, nothing, yeah. $12,000 over the course of the whole career, Holy cow! which for these like 18 year old girls probably seems like a lot of money right. all at once. But it's like, they're like for the rest of my life, this is out there. Yeah. Like my life is ruined Absolutely. for $12,000. Yeah. And it's just like, imagine, you know, oh, we're talking about Leon's been murdering people. He's making, what did he say? $2,000 each person he kills. I don't know. Something like that. 
No, no. Yeah, she says, uh, I left you 5,000. No, she goes, yeah, I left you 20 grand on the table, yeah, 5,000 5, 5, a head. 5,000 yeah. a head. So if he's killed 100 people, he's made about $500,000. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a lot of money, but it's not that much money. Like, you know, well, he cleared your, out how, in that initial scene how much would he have made, like 30 grand? I don't maybe. know if he gets paid for each person, though. In that situation, hmm. he probably gets paid the job. And if there's more Maybe. bodyguards, yeah. you don't get, you know, I don't know. But yeah. I, it's, it's not that much money. It's, it's not. It's really not. You uh, know, I mean, I guess it's cash. 5,000 bucks to kill somebody? Yeah. It doesn't seem like very much, No, does it? considering all the trouble that would likely cause. <laughs> right. And I don't know. Right, it just doesn't right. seem, yeah. This, that's, but that, that is what they usually get, though. When you look at, like, the 60 minutes or 48 hours or one of those, it's like, she tried to pay pay this undercover cop. This is what I was going to, yeah. $1,200 in a pizza yeah. for, <laughs> to murder her husband. This is what like I'm that. saying. It's like, it's like yeah. in reality. Crime doesn't really pay, does all it? All these films that we watch yeah. with the way the criminals are, in reality, criminals are morons. They really are. They're really dumb yeah. people. You know, they do things for, for no reason, right. for very little money. Like, Are they morons or are they lazy? Or is it a combination? Both. Yeah. It's both. They're, they're, they're lazy and so they don't get educated. And then mm -hmm. they make dumb decisions for $300. So why and, do know. we glorify them then why do we we put them up on a pedestal because violence it's just a, yeah. it's a, the 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 old freudian there's the sex drive and the death drive the thanatos mm -hmm. we're just fascinated by violence because violence right. is compelling and you want to i think on some level if you were going to if you're going to look at it positively you'd be like people want to see violence and death because they want to learn to avoid it right <laughs> how would i fare in this sort of situation because mm -hmm. the reality is i think in the hunter-gatherer times, like, you know, the, the way that humans evolved, mm -hmm. all of us would have dealt with violence. Uh, almost every single... No, you wouldn't have gotten through your life the no, way we do a, today. There's, a, there's a, a great kind of thought... We would, it would have been kill or be killed There's a great thought experiment like, about... It doesn't matter how... You know, think about this. It doesn't matter how passive you are, how peaceful you are. Somewhere in your past, one of your ancestors buried an axe into somebody else's head. Oh, yeah. Undoubtedly. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it, it just had to happen. It, yeah. Whether it was a stone axe or a brass or, I'm sorry, a bronze, rather, uh, or, sure. or metal, it it, it happened. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I think that's why we're fascinated. With it. I <coughs> maybe, think if you, maybe so. if you just it's weren't interested, you know, it, what, yeah. there's an old saying, it's, uh, you may not be interested in war, but war is interested in you. Right. Or, yeah. or like, or like in uh, Tolkien, when the lady says, "You know, we've we've learned that those who don't, without swords in their hands can still die on the end of one." You right. know, so all the women have to learn how to fight. Sure, and, sure. Because that's what it was like. I mm -hmm. mean, it was just that's what life was like. That's what life is still like for hunter gatherers living yeah. in the twenty second, twenty first century. Yeah, you know, um, that's it. well, that's interesting. I mean, because that, that's kind of the one of the themes we mentioned, like uh, boys in the hood and stuff. And that's one of the themes in there. It's like it's. It's a war zone in those areas. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's endemic sizes. violence. Yeah. It's That's the same right. kind of thing that would have gotten people killed. Uh, Ricky gets into an <laughs> argument with a guy. They have a shoving match, and that just ratchets up into one guy shoots another one, and then, then three guys get killed because of that. Yeah. And that's, that's what life would have been like for right. everybody 4,000 years ago. So, you know? so Leon is really just a soldier in, in a war then. See, but the reason he's called the professional is because mm -hmm. that's the anomaly about the character is yeah. that he doesn't care. The reality is people that kill people in real life, they care. Yeah. Murderers care. Right. Like that's why they're always like, look to the spouse, look to the boyfriend. You know, it's somebody that cared, killed the person. The idea of somebody completely detached from this violence yeah. is a myth. Probably exists somewhere, but it's 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 a stretch. It's not what violence is in the real Which world. Which you'd have to be a sociopath to, to be completely disconnected. Right? But from he's it, not right? played that way, right? No. He's played to not be, but yes, exactly. Yeah. He'd have to be. He's not even doing it for money. He's killing people for, for what? For love of the game, you know, like yeah, he's not he's not getting his money. Right? Yeah, it's a little strange, but hmm. um, yeah, he's not even spending any money on anything. Yeah. So that's that's obviously not his motivation. So he decides to give the money to Matilda. So he's glad he has the money right. to give to somebody he cares about. Maybe he had that as an idea all along, but or just something to do. Maybe it gave him purpose in his life. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, to an uneducated, illiterate, right kind of immigrant. Yeah, definitely. He comes over. He's like Furio. And the Sopranos yeah. is like just the expert killer from Italy, right. which is, again, a little anachronistic. I don't know how tough Italy is. Yeah. I've been to Italy. Like, it's just like a regular European country. <laughs> just regular people. You don't, you don't get the impression that everybody's like a, like a stone-cold killer in Italy. Yeah. It's like, it's a pretty soft place. Like, it's a, it's a beautiful place, but it's not really a particular. They take like two-hour lunches there, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That is. Very yeah. short work weeks. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I well, mean, like we can talk living in New Mexico. A lot of gelato and. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Palestinian ice cream. <laughs> right. So, what's the corniest part of the movie? We've taped this, taped this before. We so have. I so know yeah. your corniest part. My corniest part of the movie is when he yells 
when when he pushes Matilda down into that hole in his what apartment. What does he all sound like? He's like, <laughs> it's just like what? It's like Darth Vader when Darth Vader gets up and he's like, no, in Episode Three, it's just out of nowhere, really corny, yeah. and his his weird wonky eye looks particularly weird and wonky in that scene. It's just yeah. uh, that one always threw me it's off. It's all slow mo. It's, it's a low uh, point. It's a low point of the movie for yeah. me. But um, did you have a big surprise? Well, my surprise is is something you've already talked about. Okay. Um, it is that there was a longer version. Yes. In the longer version, not only is there creepiness, more um, creepiness, yeah, more exactly. creepiness, but also uh, Matilda is a partner on killing people. Yeah, like so. So we we see a little bit of the training going on, where they do like the paint gun with uh, Bill Clinton or whatever, with the quasi Bill Clinton, yeah, quasi Bill Clinton, and who uh, was a total jerk. Yeah, you know, to his, uh, he's got to look natural. Yeah, like in that longer version, Matilda actually goes out on hits, right. And helps to, to clean, right? It helps to kill people. And that was a huge surprise. In reading up about it, it said that— because well, in the movie, even in the version we have, doesn't it seem like she's going to be training to be a killer? They have that one scene with the Bill Clinton thing, and it seems of. like it's going somewhere, and it just well, doesn't. No, all they really do is there's, there's this montage, as, as you said. There's a montage of her doing sit-ups. Household drink, chores. Drinking milk. Listening to Bjork. And then, you know, they do that one thing with the, with the rifle, and that's it, right? Right. right. Uh, in the longer version, she goes out— on hits and is a co-conspirator, really. Mm-hmm. So she's a you know part of the conspiracy to murder, and uh, that did not test well in America. Right. So it wasn't released in America. But I can see that because you lose the sympathy that you would have for her. I mean, as part of that sympathy is gone when she's out killing people. She's twelve yeah. years old. Well, it's also just weird. Yeah, it is. It just feel weird. It feels just as weird as there being a kind of a romance thing between. Right. Them. It's but, just I mean, unnecessary. But. You have, sympathy, you have sympathy for a child. Right. It's hard to have sympathy for a killer. You know what I mean? Sure. So when she's going out and doing that, you're like, uh. Yeah, they have, um, you know, like there's there's famous cases where there was someone underage that the way the courts saw it was that they were sort of talked into killing people mm-hmm. or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. I was like, I don't care how old you are. Everybody knows it's wrong to kill people, right? right. Like, yeah. what, what would be wrong with you if you're 15? You don't know that it's right. wrong. Like the guy that helped uh, the DC sniper. Yeah. Like the younger kid. Yeah, the kid. And they, I think, did they actually Sarvo? That was Malvo. The, Malvo. They treated the kid as if he was sort of not morally. And I'm like, I don't know, yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know. You know what you're doing. You he know he's like, killing random well, he people. Kid, he was 17 years old. That's he wasn't than, that young. Was like, a, I actually don't know whether they ended up treating him as an adult. Natalie Portman's 12 years old in this thing. And its legacy is that we're still talking about it and we're still kind of, yeah. we, we're still wound up about it. Like, how do we think about her? How do we think about just how it was written, how it's portrayed, everything else. You know, that there's definitely that the part. The movie still, the, the cool cinema to look thing, for me, yeah. still totally came through. No, it's still, that it still works. Looked that great. still works. We're being but a little nitpicky with the, the film the, in The general, creepiness but. of her singing Marilyn Monroe's Happy Birthday, yes. Mr. President. And he, and you know, and he's Do you know like, what she's doing an impression of there? Uh, I think you told me. Um, it's not the John F. She'd never seen the JFK thing with Marilyn Monroe. What was she it was Mike Myers in Wayne's World in his underwear singing to Tia Carrere. Mm-hmm. She'd seen that, so she did the impression at her at her uh, at at her audition, mm-hmm. and they just thought it was funny, so they threw it in the they movie. They threw that one in. <laughs> but his his reaction though, he's like crossing his legs and like, uh, this is weird. Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah. well, what's going on here? Right. Um, and she reminded me so much of Jodie Foster in Taxi Driver. Yeah, sure. Who was also sure. 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And know, who's like to be saved. She's sort of a, yeah. You know, type of thing. Wearing full makeup, everything mm-hmm. else. Very sexualized. And then a weird movie. There's a weird movie called Young Bugsy or Young Bugsy Malone or something like that. Have you ever okay. heard of that movie? No. Weirdest movie in the world. So it's about like, <laughs> it's a gangster movie. Okay. Done with kids. Got... Oh, what was his name? Uh, he was in Happy Days. Scott um, Bayo. Bayo. Scott Bayo is is the Bugsy Malone character. Okay. Are they children? They're they're children. Yeah, they're they're like they're like twelve or thirteen years old. They're shooting Tommy guns that shoot like marshmallows and eggs at each other, <laughs> and they've got speakeasies, everything. But it's like, and Jodie Foster's <laughs> Jodie Foster is like the love interest. Wow. To Scott Bayo in there. And she's fully decked out like a like a flapper, like a right. 1920s flapper, makeup, Mall. everything else. It's so freaking weird. It's such a weird movie. Go watch it. And it mm. has a famous, like a super famous director. Um, it, there's this whole weird 
vibe of movies in the 70s with uh, sexualized, very young people. Lolita was in the 70s. Obviously, it was a book from the 60s, I believe. But it was made into a movie in the 70s. You had uh, Taxi Driver and a bunch of others. And this is such a throwback to that. So her character was, was yeah, very much uh, kind of an oddity or an outlier in... in uh, I just know. It's just Bugsy Malone. Oh, is it Bugsy Malone? Yeah. Okay. 1976. 1976. So strange. So who, who directed it? Can you... Uh, Alan Parker. Okay. What else did Alan Parker direct, though? Mississippi Burning, Evita. Mississippi Burning, yeah, Evita. Right. Midnight Express. Yes. The Commitments, I remember that. Right. So this Whole is a fantastic director, Eddie. It's such a weird movie. I'm telling all of you, go look it up. It's so weird. Somehow endearing. If you look on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got like an 80 or 90% Rotten Tomatoes score. So strange. 6.9 on IMDb. Well, IMDb's. IMDb. So my biggest surprise was the existence of the long cut. Yeah. Uh, That there was actually that much footage that would have extended the movie. It's tempting to try to watch it, but I don't know. It doesn't sound, sounds like it might be upsetting. Can't go home again, man. I mean, I don't know if I'd want to. Yeah, I don't know if I would. So what do you think? What are we doing with this? Oh, it's my call. Yep. Oh, gosh. Um, I think the good looks of the movie held up and the yeah. style of it held up. I like the music. I like the action, everything. I mean, this is, you know, we can nitpick some things like that. But overall, well, I, would, I thought I there would, were some great performances. Yeah. Gary Oldman stands out. Yes. Um, I call it a classic because I think it has a legacy. And I think, I think a lot of people look at it. And um, you had really good movies like this and, and uh, Reservoir Dogs and, and uh, Pulp Fiction and stuff. And then you had crap, like everything Van Damme did. I think I think sure. in the early '90s you had like Universal Soldier, mm-hmm. you know, some other movies, and you had you still had Schwarzenegger making crappy movies. Well, um, the Schwarzenegger movies, for some reason, it was like hero they were stuff. Last Action Hero, right? They were good, and then right around the time where Reservoir Dogs and these movies came out, those mainline action movies really. I don't know whether they actually I think, changed. I think they were put in a stark contrast. Is what happened? I mean, by I think that's the thing. By, like, I don't know if. Um, you what's put, that one? What's that one uh, where he's like Adam, and it's like they're they're making people in a lab. It's like the Six Day or Six Man. Yeah, yeah, something like that. that one. I don't know if that movie actually sucked that much worse than like Total Recall. Well, you also, but like, it certainly looked to Demolition me like Man, it. where Taco Bell won the won Demolition the, Man was corny and fun though. One, it that, won the I, war, I saw that. Won the uh, fast food wars, and yeah, so now all we have yeah. is Taco Bell or whatever. And yeah, I remember. What's that. the seashells? The seashells. One of the three seashells. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just it was corny and dumb, but it was still really bad. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. a terrible movie. But there was really you could see this contrast between those movies. Those movies just did That's not what stand I'm up. I don't and, know and if so, like I don't know if Predator was actually better. It sure seems like it. I've gone and back and watched. I've gone back and watched that one's pretty good. Yeah, Predator and the Terminator films, the Alien movies, those are pretty good. Predator you go was back different and watch them. because you had you had a different James Cameron wrote those and, and no, and it's um Ridley Scott. Uh uh-uh. uh, it's uh, the guy who did Iron Man three. He's actually a really good director. He plays the nerdy guy in Predator. James Cameron wrote Terminator. Terminator, yes. Yeah, no, no. Like, but I'm saying for Predator. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't I'm remember the guy's name. I'm like drawing a blank on it. But it's the guy who plays the nerd on the. Joe Van Damme was supposed to be the original yeah, Predator. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah. know anyway. that. Yeah, because he but, was like uh, he was like nobody could nobody can make this jump in this suit, and they were like, fine, you're fired. And the other <laughs> guy, the other guy came yeah, in and broke his back. Yeah, but you know, so all I'm saying is that this. Puts everything kind of like this kind of stark relief of like this is like what the old action movies were, right? And now let's transition. Right. To it was, there's definitely a, a look new, to a 90s stage. movies. It's different, and we still have it though. I mean, you don't see movies. If you see movies like the like the 80s action terrible movies, uh-huh. it's because they're a throwback, right? Yes, like you know, Expendables. They're, they're, yeah, like they're that. trying to make it. I like saw that. a graph, really interesting graph of the popularity of films uh-huh. and like how much money they're making like over the years. And, like, one of the obvious ones is, like, Westerns are, like, way up here in the uh-huh. 50s, and they're, like, yeah, nothing now. of course. But action movies is into the 80s and 90s way up here, and then has this big downward trend through the aughts and the 10s, and thrillers are going way up. And okay. I was, like, at first, I was, like, what does that even mean? And I thought about it. I was, like, yeah, there's a lot of really good thriller films, okay. which wouldn't have been something that I would have been into. <laughs> like, for instance, I watched Wind River the other day. Did you ever see that? That's on Netflix yeah. now. It's got uh, Jeremy Renner and uh, Scarlet Witch, the lady that plays Scarlet yeah. Witch. And, like, it's like a Native American reservation. It's like uh-huh. a really cool murder, you know, mystery. It's got a few good shoot 'em up sequences, but mm. mostly it's a thriller. Yeah. And it's just a good movie. You know, and they didn't do movies like that 
for a while, huh. and now those are the good ones. You don't really see like yeah. action movies. Yeah. And I was wondering, did I grow out of action movies, or did America grow out of them? I think it's just kind of. Well, I guess it's it kind of a dead on, genre. How you right how now. you like, define it? Because like, I, I would yeah. say like Avengers is all action, right? Yeah, but there's an element of something else. There's an element yeah. of something else in there, uh, well, like fantasy or something yeah. like that with superheroes. Sci-fi stuff. Sci-fi yeah, or fantasy maybe, or something. Maybe so. Yeah. They're really comic book movies are kind of their own thing. Yeah. In a way, sort of are. I don't really know if you could call it thriller. To me, you has to be sort of regular people. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can have cybernetics and you know spaceships and stuff like that. Like <laughs> sure. It's just, I mean, it could be like Aliens right. is a thriller, but it's like a thriller set. It's like a sci-fi thriller. It's like a, it's a, hi, it's a high, it's a hyphenated type of movie, you know. Right. But anyway, so, so what's your final? You said you are, yeah, to, yeah. you are toasting yeah, we'll this toast classic. classic. Okay, we'll great. Well, I agree. I think we should hang on to this one, keep it in the canon. Thanks for joining us, and uh, join us in an hour. Uh huh. Oh no, Mm-mm. join us next week. One week <laughs> for, uh, for our next one. What are we doing next time? We're going to be doing your choice, your choice, free choice. Mm-hmm. The uh, cl- uh, sorry, the show a lot of people call a classic, All in the Family, well, starting 1970. Up to you, 1972. 71. 71. 71. It'll be up to you to decide. So thank you for joining us for um, Toasting the Classics. I'm Clint. Dave. Bye. Bye. That's it for episode 44 of Toasting the Classics. For those playing along at home, get some Dewar's Scotch for next week's episode on the 1970s sitcom All in the Family. If you'd like to get in touch, please send us an email at toastingtheclassics at gmail.com. Send us show ideas, comments, complaints, and a brief synopsis of the extended version of The Professional that I just can't bring myself to watch. Check out my blog at theattractivenuisance.com and follow us on Twitter at @attractivenuisance. Our music was written by Michelle McCarthy. See you next time on Toasting the Classics. Mm-hmm.